Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. And this is Diane Wiska from Whidbey Island, Washington. Hi, Diane. Thanks for joining me. And I, I keep threatening to come west. I, we have, I'm, I'm playing the COVID card for the last year and a half, but at some point I'll be back out that way. The, the Northwest coast is off the charts gorgeous, I think. Um, but yeah, as usual, I'm off, off on a tangent. Um, when we were talking before we pressed record, we, um, I would say we, we went down memory lane, which is always a great place to go. We went down memory lane talking about the podcasting, uh, used to be calling, used to be called TPF, the podcasting fellowship that's run by Akimbo. And we were talking about like what goes on and what's going on today and who's still teaching. And you pointed out that, um, your I'm going to say your journey to become a podcaster, whether or not that was what you were really thinking when it was happening, but your journey to become a podcaster took a, a real um, turn upwards, like in a good way, when you started doing 60 seconds. Um, so the first thing I should say is for those people listening who don't know what we're all talking about when we say 60 seconds, can you tell me a little bit about what your 60 second process is today for your show? And then maybe walk me through what it was like to first discover that? Yeah. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory, a very quick backstory, that when I moved to the island, I knew nothing and nobody. So it was a big switch, 3,000-mile move. And a storytelling friend who I'd known for years who lives up in Canada said, there's this guy by the name of Seth Godin, and he's got this workshop called um, Podcasting. And maybe it's something you'd like to do while you're figuring out what to do next. And so I thought, sure, fine, why not? I had no idea that when you jumped in, they wanted you to produce something the day before. And what's your title? What's your description? <laughs> Who's it for? What's it for? Why are you doing this? What's your Canva art looking like? Whoa, wait a minute. I was just here, you know, like in podcasting 101. And it was actually, I do tell people it was like, drinking from a fire hydrant because the expectation was so high and in a good way. We had marvelous coaches, David Nabinsky and Maria Zenadu, and I I worship at the altar of both of them because they were just the most divine coaches to have. They were encouraging and supportive. And, and yet if you needed a, a boot in the back, they would give you that too. And so as we got to the end of the workshop, the emphasis was on interviewing guests. That's just the way it it had gone through. Mm -hmm. And I was at the back of the pack. So whether it was because I was afraid of doing something or I didn't think I had the proper gear. At that time, I had a small headset it, with a mic and um, headphones all together in one. And because the mic was old, the only way I could make it sound halfway decent was to wrap it up in a couple of layers of Spanx. You know, those... <laughs> S-P-A-N-K, S-P-A-N-X. Yeah, women will know what that is. And so that's what I had. So as we got to the end, what was offered to us was the opportunity to prepare 60 seconds that maybe guests were a little too intimidating, but if you can get something out in 60 seconds, it'll feel like you've got something out there. Okay, this is what I can do. And I started and we were posting them on the forward link platform and Maria said, you've got a real gift for this. Somehow or other, it's happening for you that you can get a story, a call to action, a message, whatever, wrapped up in 60 seconds. So I encourage you to keep on doing that. 
And that's exactly what I did. Um, right around April, I think April of 2020, so that would have been April 20 COVID, is when I first right. launched it. And as I said earlier, coming up on 450 episodes, of which most of those are the daily 60 seconds because I post Monday through Friday. To answer your question about the process, the process has changed over the course of doing this work. I've refined it so that Mondays are, are motivate. Motivate your Monday, Time Out Tuesday, which is more relaxation tips, mindfulness, maybe poetry. Wednesdays on Whidbey, I created because I wanted to share with people what it's like to live on a semi-rural mm. island where the power goes out in a storm. And if you want to go to the mall, you have to take the ferry over to America. It's very, very different. And Thursday has become thoughts on Thursday. So there might be something in the media, something that I've read that I want to address. And then Friday has always been Story Prompt Friday, where I offer some tip on writing a story, telling a story, and then there's a prompt so that someone can write their own. And by having the categories, that has helped me to continue to shape what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it and when I'm going to say it. Yeah, there's a lot of structure that you get as soon as you say 60 seconds. And, you know, even if you're like, oh, I'm going to blow by it and do 90, like how many people will try to cram their entire piece of work into like even 90 seconds? So there's a ton of structure that comes from saying, here's my time limit. There's a ton of structure that comes from saying, I'm going to do this five days a week. Um, and so I think the more that you've created these structures for yourself, the more that it actually in, expands the creativity. And I'm, I'm kind of guessing out loud because I don't, I don't have any projects where I'm working in that same sort of structure. So I'm, I'm just wondering if somebody is thinking that podcasting is tough, um, what, what is it about the time constraint that makes it easier rather than harder? Well, ironically, and I think this is a quote that's attributed to Mark Twain, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. So ironically, <laughs> yes. the more we compress our time, the more we have to pay attention. And I love your, your, your observation that there is a structure to this. So the more that we compress what we want to say, how we want to say it into a shorter and shorter time structure, we have to be clear, concise, and cogent. We have to be much more precise about the images, about the language, about how many words. And so when I draft a 60 seconds, I'll throw everything down. I call it puking on the page. Throw everything down there. <laughs> right. And then Fill begin the to page. refine it. <laughs> Puke on the page. Um, then I begin to refine it so that there is a story, a personal experience, some call to action, some tip or bit of wisdom, if you can call it that. And over time, there has been a reveal. So I've become more available to my own vulnerability and being able to show that side. And when I, when I draft these episodes, I believe... I'm doing that really more for myself to discover, to inquire, 
to look more deeply. And so what you hear when you listen to the 60 seconds is a bit of Diane. And the older that I get, the questions, you know, can become a little bit more, more deep. The thoughts might become more provocative. There is a lightness to some of the episodes, and there is also a depth to others, intentional, so that you can listen to something, walk away, and mull it over for yourself. So the over time, I've gotten a sense of the rhythm of the structure, to use your word, to see how I invite the listener in, lift them up, bring them down, lift them up again, but always leave them with something where they can walk out and say, this is good. This is good. I needed to hear this today. And then the the bookend is um, my brother-in-law's music, the waltz that he wrote for my sister. I'll always play that music. It always brings tears to my eyes. But it's my way of inviting the listener in and letting them go gently to however they want to walk their life. Hmm. Your description of your intention for the listener, I, as, you, as you have been talking about how you do the 60 seconds, how you create them, what you're doing, I was thinking, I wonder how intentional you are. And then, of course, you just like went there and explained it, that you're very intentional about what you want people to get from it. Or maybe um, sometimes I feel like my intention is to create an, a hole or an open question in a listener. Like, I don't, I don't actually have the answer, so how can I give you the answer? I'm hoping to just give you a, uh, something that scratches at you to make you think. Um, so it strikes me that you're, you're very much aware of that. Um, do you recall... Um, that and that's clearly not what you were doing in the beginning with sixty seconds, right? In the beginning, it was just like, oh no, press record. What happens? And then you know you get feedback from Maria. Do you recall um, thinking about like how did you bootstrap from I'm simply doing the thing as a form of practice? To how did you bootstrap from there to having a very intentional, mindful practice where you're encompassing the listeners in what you're trying to do? That's a great question. Uh, I think unconsciously or maybe subconsciously, what might have been coming through is my 30 years as a storyteller. So always in the back of my mind is the awareness that we are having a conversation with someone else, with ourselves, maybe with the eternal loving presence. And with that idea that there is always a conversation that's asking for connection, then how do I want to make use of that? So to go all the way back to the beginning of TPF, when they ask, what's the description? Who, what's it for and who's it for? My intention then, which is probably carried over, was that I wanted to share stories in some way so that people could see themselves in it, hear themselves in it, and thereby understand themselves a little better, understand others a little better. So the overarching idea is that perhaps with this notion of story, we can shift attitudes, behaviors, maybe even culture. So I think that the intention might have always been there 
this form of this structure, as you say, gave it direction. Hmm. And I could say, all right, now I know what it is that I'm trying to create here. I'm trying to create an opportunity. And as you said, that open question, I used to have a friend who would right. say, I don't have the answers and I have hardly half the questions. And I yes. hear his voice in my head all the time. You know, he's long gone from this world, but I still hear his voice when he says that. And that to me is also a guide. So I don't know. You know, I, I really don't know how these episodes are landing on individual people apart from the reviews that you might get or a feedback on LinkedIn. So I can only trust that this message, these messages are getting out there in a way that is helpful to the world, that's nourishing to people and helping sustain them in the 24 hours that they call their day. First of all, thank you for doing the hard work, like of creating the thing. Um, my, whoever said, I think it was Gandhi. You know, be the change that you want to see in the world. The, mm -hmm. the, yeah. you know, these what seem like tiny little pieces when you publish them, right? They're sixty seconds. How much effort? How much work? Um, misspoke. How much change in the world could this create? It's like, well, quite a lot if you're creating questions and people and pulling them in the right direction. So, first of all, thank you for doing the hard work. Um, but I also. Um, it, like here's a this is going to sound initially maybe really disconnected but w is there something um and I, I don't actually have an answer for this i'm actually wondering is there something that you feel strongly about maybe related to podcasting maybe it's something you're trying to communicate through podcasting something you feel strongly about that you think most people would disagree with you about if that makes sense as a question <laughs> people would disagree with me about. Um, the first, what, what comes to mind is the value of the spoken word that's not tied to profit, to gain, to achievement, to selling, that the spoken word, which is in my world, story, the way we converse with, with each other to connect, is not necessarily something I think a lot of people would agree with. They might agree with the end product of, okay, I can get you to do something, I can get you to buy something. I can get you to whatever. But before we get to that place, there has to be a willingness to hear what each other is going on about. And that's not easy for me. I have to often sit on my tongue to listen to other people, especially right. when the viewpoints are... You know, are different. I have to work very hard at putting aside my emotion, my emotional response to what is being said so that I can hear what's being said. So I still think 
that in this day and age, there is a hesitancy to reveal who we are, why we are, what we're about, and there is a hesitancy to believe that if we are willing to go there to do the reveal, that it's going to matter, that it's going to count, that it's going to change anything. And so I can imagine people listen to some of these episodes and think Wednesdays on Whidbey, who cares about the bus that goes around your <laughs> island? Who cares that you're you know, on a ferry to get to America to go to the store? Who cares that your power goes out for 24 hours because of a storm and you are learning how to fire up a generator and you know where to find gas you know, to refill it? Who cares? But see, I think that's the very bottom line of it. We care because each of us in our own way is living the same thing, living, living through challenges, living through crises, living through achievements, living through excitement. And the way in which to understand and be understood is to continue sharing those reveal stories. I don't want to use the word authentic. It's bandied about a lot. Maybe we can say it's genuine. I don't want to use dialogue. I just want to say conversation, how we converse, how we connect. Whether people agree or not is not up to me anymore. It used to be. I used to be very deeply (laughs) Charles in charge. That's what happens when you're the oldest of seven and everything I say goes. And now I put my work out there and it's going to go where it's going to go. And if you want to walk along with me, you're welcome. And if this isn't your buen camino, then find your own. Yeah. yeah. I think that um, your per, I'm going to say your perspective on use of story, um, and, and I agree with you. I, I think most people would not agree with you about that. And that's one of the things that I'm hoping to, well, if I say hoping to change, that's pretty um, grandiose. But one of the reasons that I do what I do is that I think people who listen to a good conversation that they find from, especially if I can have a conversation um, with somebody that they don't expect to be a good conversationalist, then that opens yeah. their mind like, well, if I'm wrong about that, what else might I be wrong about? So I think your perspective on use of story, um, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about tension. And I was having this idea that if everybody agreed with you, like in your answer to my question, if you had said, no, everybody agrees with everything that I do. Um, if one could never tell a story that didn't make somebody go, wait, but why, or, or, huh, or why do you care about that? Then, then there'd be no tension anywhere. And if there's no tension, well, then there's no stress. If there's no stress, then nobody grows. And it seems to me that like, if there are huge swaths of people who are still doing the consumerism thing, you know, or who are still disagreeing with us in one way or another, it's the tension that we create by saying, well, what about this? Or have you thought about that? Or here's my experience that that creates a tension and that's how anybody grows. I mean, whether that tension would pull me toward them or whether the tension pulls them toward me, that's kind of left for everybody to sort out on their own. So I just, I had that idea of tension and about how that, that works, even when you know, you're only like you and I are broadcasting into the ether here. Like, arguably, people can't directly respond. It's not not a normal conversation, but yet it is. So, let's just 
something I thought of as much as I dislike talking a lot <laughs> after some guest says something really good that came to mind. No, it's, it's brilliant. Go all the way back to your uh, notion of structure. And so things that are made out of steel, for example, ha it has a certain tension to it and it will bend and flex to a certain degree, depending on the type of a product it is, depending on the steel. I mean, we saw what happened in 9-11, things bent and they stretched and they finally broke. But the tension is the give and take. That is the back and forthness of something. You, know, you look at a spider web in the, in the wind and how that has tension to it because it bends and it flexes with, with the wind. It takes a great deal to take a spider web apart. People who do that should have their fingernails cut off. But that notion of tension, that's when I said earlier, uh, I was taught one of my story mentors was the wonderful Elizabeth Ellis. She has a voice that sounds like chocolate tastes. Jay O'Callaghan said that about her. And her theory around story is that you had to pick people up and slam them down and pick them up and slam them down always so that they were asking, okay, what happens next? What's going on next? What's the next? So your idea of structure and tension is beautifully woven into this topic and fortifies the idea that you have, that you're doing what you're doing to continue that conversation in some way. So yeah, you got to jump in, Craig. You can't just sit there and ask questions. <laughs> you got to be Busted. part of this, mucking it up. <laughs> yes. Well, Diane, as much as I say all the time, I hate to say this, but I think that's a good place to stop for today. Um, this is not our first conversation. I'm sure it won't be our last. And it was a distinct pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm tickled to death to be part of, of the ongoing process. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs>